balancing a 60-hour workweek job, I've decided to do the program five days a week, one hour a night, taking a significant pay cut. So I've started a Patreon page, which is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Sportscope, spelled the same way at the bottom of the screen you see there, for $5 a month, 17 cents a day. You can help support the program. You ask yourself, why Sportscope? Well, I bring in such big names uh, such as Al Borges, former Auburn offensive coordinator, and and I cover the big news uh, in sports that the corporate media will not cover. If you want to contribute more than $5 a month, you can go use the cash app. The cash tag is Sports Scope, again, spelled the same way, or you can go to the Zelle app, sportsscope at gmail.com. Uh, Sportscope has about 5,000 followers and growing. If you want to advertise on the program, you can email me. The word is sportsscope, spelled the same way again, at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the program. Oh, everybody. Now I'm live here on all links on this uh, fourth day of October 10 4. Uh, a big 10 4, right? Anyways, had a had a long day at the day job today, but I got in time to prepare for the program accurately. Uh, Tom Brady looks like that is official. Uh, New York Post, TMZ, everybody's reporting that uh, his wife is now filing for uh, both both parties, him and his wife. They're filing for divorce. So I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on that here in a little bit. Plus, uh, Antonio Brown. Something he did, burning another bridge. And uh, play a little comment that Shannon Sharp had to say about that on his show with uh, Skip Bayless there, the uh, Undisputed. Also, going to go over the, uh, it was a college football firings. Uh, this is the most I've seen. We're only, we're about five weeks in the season. And there's job openings coming, over, uh, coming up left and right. And Auburn coach still hasn't been fired yet. Uh, that's very interesting there. Also, we'll go over uh, Russell Wilson, uh, their troubles, but I think that's still a little bit overplayed. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts and the uh, uh, Tennessee Titans get finish up on my news and notes, the college football, of course, my power five. But first, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones says today on his weekly radio show, uh, I don't know if it's a call in or whatnot. It says it's it's one oh one oh five point three. The fan. This is I imagine this is out of Dallas area. And he says he says Dak Prescott will not play versus the Rams. Jerry Jones says this is from Clarence Hill, who's followed. I think Hill has covered Dallas for about twenty five years. Him, Ed Warder, those guys have covered this team for a very long time. I follow about two or three of there. It feels like. Uh, they've got about three or four uh, reporters. It tells you how popular they are. They're the most popular brand in all of um, sports. They're the most valuable brand. They're the most valuable brand. Court to Forbes magazine. So Dak will not play versus the Rams. Jerry Jones says he can't grip the ball well enough to play, but there is no quarterback controversy. Jones says there is no scenario where the Cowboys would stick with Cooper Rush over a healthy Prescott, quote, no, no, as I see it right today, as I see it right today, you know, 
he starts off with there's no quarterback controversy, Pickles. And then he says, as I see it right today. Now, not to get too far ahead. Now, last night, uh, the 49ers, when they get in a slump, they just play the Rams, and then they feel better about themselves. I mean, they physically manhandled the Rams last night. Uh, That is five out of six that they beat the Rams. No, the Rams beat them in the playoffs, but they beat the Rams five out of six. And the Rams are going to be ticked off. Uh, they're going to play uh, Sunday at home against the Cowboys. Okay, now they're coming off of a short week, uh, but they are the Super Bowl champs. Uh, they've only got two losses. Uh, they're giving up a lot of sacks, and of course, there's interceptions, and, and often there's pick sixes when it comes to Matt Stafford at quarterback. Uh, he has the free reign to let it loose. Looks like Allen Robinson's not playing up the par. I say all that because Dallas plays at L.A. on Sunday. That's going to be a great game. We will talk about that in full on Friday with Mad New Yorker. And, of course, now tomorrow I have Jack, uh, John McGraw, also known as Mac. Mac will be on. This is the first time Mac's been on my program. I've been working with Mac for over a few years. And I'll ask him about, you know, his thoughts on Jones and this Cooper Rush thing. But going back to Jerry Jones. So Jones says this as of today. And I like the fact that he is still leaving it open. He's still leaving it open because, you know, I was reading through the uh, QBRs and everything. And look at this company. By the way, number one QBR in the league is Patrick Mahomes, led by uh, Tua. Tua, Like I said, Tua's a great player. He just can't stay healthy. He just can't stay healthy. You know, he's not built for this league. Then you've got Josh Allen, uh, number three. Two of the – those are the top two dogs in the league, by the way. When you've got Patrick Mahomes, number one QBR in the NFL right now, Tua is two, but he cannot stay healthy. Then you got Josh Allen. So you've got you've got the whole league right there. And you know who's at number four? You know who's at number four? Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush is at number four. And despite the fact of being sacked four times, he's got a 95.9 rating, but he's got that QBR. It's fourth in the NFL. It's it's over. Lamar Jackson, Geno Smith, Justin Herbert, uh, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, and, uh, of course, Kyler Murray. You know, so he's looking at that. He's looking at the, the ability to get rid of the ball quickly. And he's looking at the fact that they're, they're – they are getting in and out of place quickly. They're running the ball better with this guy, you know? And I don't know if this offensive coordinator feels obligated because of Dak's money last year, this Keelan Moore, to throw the ball more because they're paying Dak $40 million a year. That's probably not best for the team. And see, with this guy, I think Moore's got more free reign to call the game the way he feels like that what the defense is giving him, Okay. That's what I'm starting to get out of Keelan Moore, the offensive coordinator, with Cooper Rush while they're making this kind of run. But number four in QBR, he's 4-0. By the way, last year, 
Last year when he played, they went up to Minnesota and beat them. You know what happened that next game? The very next game, which was Dak's first game back. Remember, Dak was hurt last year. And they get blown out at home by Denver. Denver blows their doors off. It was like 35 to – it was some insane amount of uh, game pickles. You remember that? And th- that Denver team fired their coach. I think – what was it? Uh, I, I want to say it was either Bridgewater or Drew Locke. It wasn't no world-beating quarterback they had. But they got blown out at home, Dak's first game back. And so so Jerry Jones, by the way, happy birthday. It's October. He's going to be 80 years old this month. This month. He's not 55, okay? So my thing is, he's looking at this. And I'm going to ask, like I said, I've gotten a lot of different opinions on this. And you look at the fact that the blowout in the first game Dak went back. Uh, You look at the six rushing attempts per game average more with Rush there during that 4-0 start. And you look at the fact that uh, Dak Prescott is 12-24 and against playoff teams. So, only thing that, that's keeping you from from uh, a, a playing Dak is his is is Jerry Jones's ego. You know that's the only thing that's keeping uh, that I can even make the excuse to go back because of the money. You know uh, what has Dak really done? You know Jim Jeffcoat was on the program and he talked about a guy like Troy Aitman. Well, Troy Aitman was a number one overall pick at that point. He was drafted in 89. Uh, Jim brought up 1991, and that was a totally different situation. You know, this guy's a fourth-round pick. He's got franchise money, but he's also 12. Uh, now, mind you, he's all, this guy's been in the league, what, five years now, six years? So that was the third year for Troy Aitman. Okay, he was still developing. You pretty much know what you got out of Dak at this point. And I like Dak. I'm a big Dak guy, but this is all business here, you know. So you you, you look at what you already have and the fact that you're paying the money. And I'm not saying this guy is a world beater, but the offense runs more fluid through this guy. It's, it's just so apparently obvious. And part of it I do put on the offensive coordinator. I do think he gets too pass happy. He bends the, he abandoned, uh, abandons the run a lot quicker when Dak was quarterback last year, uh, when teams had a had a leg up on the running game, and you seemed like the running backs were getting disengaged, uh, Zeke Elliott. Okay, so this is something, and and I hope that Jones isn't just pulling our leg. I really hope that if they go across the country, and I'm leaning on it, they're four point underdog. If they go across the country and go to LA and beat the champs there, and now this guy. It's 4-0 this year, 5-0 total. You got to keep him in to the Philadelphia game. You got to keep him in. You got to keep him in until he loses or just totally falls apart. Now, this could be a moot point, uh, fourth in QBR and all that. Maybe uh, maybe he does go to L.A. and get smoked. Maybe the, And the Rams have a tendency or plan really well off losses. So it could be a moot point. Dak all of a sudden, uh, he can grip the ball. But my thing is, if he's gripping the ball now, I think Jerry's going to say, won't you just kind of 
Let's keep Cooper in there. We're paying you a lot of money. You've already made a lot of money. Let's just wait uh, till maybe after our bye week or something of that nature. Let's give this a few more weeks. You've got your guaranteed money. What What's hurt it? Is it going to tear the team apart? No, because the players watch shows like this. The players watch shows like this. Uh, Jerry Jones listens to Heck, he's on the show. He's on the radio show, you know. And, you know, like I said last week, we talked about the Drew Bledsoe thing, the $100 million contract, 10-year contract, okay? He does the 10-year contract. Uh, and, and then, you know, and then that's very next year, that very next season, three games in, he loses because of injury. A lot of that money was still guaranteed. Plus, Bledsoe was number one overall pick. He didn't care. He said, okay. You know, he got his Super Bowl ring. He got traded to Buffalo, played a few years in Buffalo, and then he later went to uh, did Dallas and had a pretty decent career there. Uh, he got to a Super Bowl as a quarterback starter. He won as a backup. You know, the same thing. This Dallas team, this Dallas team could very well be that they're the number one or number two team in the – if you look at defense, if you look at defense – and uh, physicality, they could be the number one or number two team in the NFC. Uh, possibly Tampa gets better as this, as the season goes along. The Eagles look really good. They're pretty high on my power ranking this week. But there's no dominant – again, I said this earlier, there's no dominant team in the NFC. The Rams aren't dominant. They got offensive line issues, okay? Uh, the 49ers, really good defense. They actually made my top five after looking through yesterday. But they're not a dominant, dominant. They've got a left tackle that's out four to five weeks with a high ankle sprain, Trent uh, Williams. Now, they looked okay last night, but we'll, we'll see about that. We'll see. But they're not dominant. You know, this team has some balance on it, this Dallas. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, let's see. Other news and notes here. From the, uh, I'm starting to hear a lot of stuff about Denver and, and, and Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, when you go to a new team, not every situation, new quarterback, new team is going to start off like the Stafford, uh, Stafford did with the Rams. For one thing, it's, you know, uh, Russell Wilson, not only did he go to a new team, the coach is new to the team. This is not a Matt Stafford, Sean McVay situation where the culture set in place, the the uh, other players know the coach, they know the routine, they know all their – so you're starting over, new coach, new quarterback, which is the highest paid guy, coaching's big in this league, and they ran into, like I predicted, a very desperate, pressured Raider team who uh, won the game. And it was a fumble. It's kind of a fluke fumble there at the end. The guy comes, uh, picks it up and scores. But, you know, I was looking at Wilson's numbers here. Three touchdowns, and he ran in one. He had 124 rating. Uh, now, they lost their uh, running back, Javante Williams, ACL. They brought in Latavius Murray from the Saints. Uh, they brought him in, and they've still got Melvin Gordon and this boom guy. I think they'll be okay at running back. I mean, that's a big hit there with Javante Witt, but I think they'll be okay at running back. Uh, I noticed that Gregory's going to be out a few weeks. They're pretty deep on their defensive line. I think they win Thursday. Today's Tuesday. I think they win Thursday. I, th I think they'll beat the Colts 
on on Thursday at home. But uh, and and the court as far as Nathaniel Hackett, got to give him a few more weeks to get all this developed. He might not be the coach, but now that you've already extended Wilson, I I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to keep Wilson. You want to at least keep him into next year and see how this thing works out. There's no way I would fire him after this year. But I'm starting to read that and see that from the Denver uh, side of things. As far as the Raiders are concerned, uh, I still see them being around a 500 team. They're not really a great team. Uh, They put too much money on Devontae Adams. I'm not sure how this Josh McDaniels things is going to work. Hey, it it for, uh, as funny as Mark Davis can be sometimes, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't fire him after a year or so. This guy doesn't have the best personality to manage a team. Uh, in the past, he's had that. Now, he's much older now. We'll see how this plays out. But the fact that Davis had that talk with him last week made me think, Maybe there's something that's gotten back to Davis that we don't know about yet, about uh, Josh McDaniels. He had, remember, he had a big problem with Jay Cutler, and he just kept making it worse. You know, a lot of these former coaches that are um, of Bill Belichick, and I was reading them in this Mike Wessoff book. By the way, Mike will probably be on in a few weeks. Uh, former special teams coach from the Jets, he lives in Fort Myers. That's the hardest part of the uh, – that was the toughest area that was hit by the hurricane. His assistant got back to me the other night. Uh, but he – this guy, this guy worked under Eric Mangini with the Jets and coached under here, and he said the same thing. He was an active coach. He said the same thing about Mangini that a lot of us say about the Belichick assistants is they try to be Belichick instead of being themselves and using some of Bill Belichick's principles and work ethic. They're trying to be Belichick, trying to be the guy who says no comment or day by day. Uh, how is uh, uh, Tom Brady and Jadell's uh, uh, marriage day by day? Uh, what do you think about the hurricane day by day? You know, he starts that noise. But when you do that and you haven't proven anything as a head coach, uh, the the players are going to resent that. So there may be something with Josh McDaniels that later comes out. It usually always does, right? So that's something to keep up with. As far as Denver, still very early, four weeks in. Got a big win over the 49ers a couple weeks ago. They beat Houston two and two. The Seattle's a little bit, just just a pinch better. Geno Smith is actually pretty high up there in QBR, too. Uh, more of a fluke than anything because there's no pressure on this Seattle team. No pressure. Uh, let this thing develop a little bit more. Uh, I'm starting to see some movement in their offense, some fluidity there, and I think they're going to get better as the season goes along. Okay? All right. Uh, finishing up news and notes. Let's go to uh, Indianapolis, okay? Now, the Colts, by the way, Jim Irsay, you know, J- uh, Jack Hirsch made a really good point. He says nobody's talking about the fact that Frank Wright might get fired. Nobody's talking about that. And I thought, well, they are now because you brought it up. And now, now, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. And that was two weeks ago. He's supposed to be back on Thursday. Well, uh, CBS put out this stat here. Uh, fewest points per game in NFL. 
Colts at 14.3, Bears at 16.0, Broncos at 16.5. Now, the Broncos are still developing. You see some promise there. Uh, the Colts did beat the Chiefs, who looked like world beaters Sunday, but two weeks ago they beat the Chiefs. But they're the lowest scoring team in NFL. Remember, they were uh, shut out in week two at Jacksonville. Twenty, uh, Was it 24 to nothing? You know, and... So I'm thinking to myself that there is a there is very much a possibility that this could be another one of those surprise firing, but not really surprise because they went through two quarterbacks already and they made the big trades. But I wasn't really one of those, you know, people who's thinking to myself that that Matt Ryan's going to tear the world up. I think that he got real frustrated, he being Jim Irsay, with that loss and probably overreacted with the Carson Wentz uh, deal there and wanting to get another uh, quarterback, wanting to get another quarterback uh, immediately. That's a veteran. Forget drafting that he just he just kind of got impatient, he being Jim Irsay, and made the command. That's what I'm kind of getting from that, okay? But as far as Tennessee is concerned, uh, Got to give them high praise there because Buckner was uh, he was questionable, but he ended up playing. Forrest Buckner is one of the better defensive tackles in the league. Really good for run defense. Darius Slinter played. Now, he got a concussion, got out, but Darius Slinter came back. Uh, you had Michael Pittman back again. Of course, you had another week with him. And it looks like Jonathan Taylor played. And uh, he had a, a toe injury, but he practiced. He only missed one day of practice. But he comes in, and Tennessee holds him to 42 yards. And nobody else got any rushing yards. So that was really good. Now, Tennessee also ran for 114 yards with the backup left tackle, with a replacement at left guard. And uh, Derrick Henry, 114 yards. He had three catches for 33 yards, you know. And uh, so that is a big improvement for Tennessee. Tennessee that have their uh, starting safety. Anani Hooker was out. Uh, I read that Kevin Byer was going to scratch, but uh, he he played. He was questionable. Uh, he ended up playing, but he got Bud Dupree back. And quite frankly, Tannehill was near perfect. Tannehill was 17-21, near perfect quarterback rating. Now, Trayvon Burks, now he got turf toe. He's going to be out for a while. But they still got Robert Woods, the key Westbrook. Uh, you still got these young guys, and you've got the tight end there. I think they're going to be okay. Uh, I will say this. Tannehill's running the ball himself more now. Uh, that may be his best statistical game of the season Sunday. And that was just a pretty good defense on the road. So, uh, you know, life is not dead. At the beginning of the season, I said they're going to be about a 9-8 and eight team and win the division. Uh, but I can also see with their injuries, with, with with who they had to replace before their injuries, I can see a scenario where they could just, you know, start to rebuild now because I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. They're not in the league with the Kansas City or Buffalo, even though they beat both last year. Team, These things have kind of changed from year to year. I do not think that now. They're not a real contender. They would have to have some serious breaks come playoff time to be a Super Bowl contender. But, yeah, Taylor's hurt, uh, Pickle says, and and 
you know, Tennessee played really well. The 24-17, I did not expect them to play that well. Uh, they they have made adjustments. Their offensive coordinator made adjustments with their routes and whatnot. And, and uh, that was a big win. Now they got Washington coming up. They have a chance to take back control here. Jacksonville uh, plays Houston. That is not a given for Jacksonville. I like Jacksonville. They're very young. They're still making mistakes, but they're trending upwards. Okay? But, you know, this is something to watch, though, as far as the Colts are concerned. Same thing with same thing with the Giants. Giants are the worst 3-1 team I've ever seen. Daniel Jones, he hurt his ankle again. By the way, Daniel Jones has had three ankle injuries where he's missed games. Three. This guy, I think his rookie year was like 2019 or something. It's like his third or fourth year. I can't remember. But he's most multiple head injury uh, because he's always running crazy sideways, tripping over his own feet. <coughs> he's almost like Sam Darnold. A little quicker than Sam Darnold. Uh, got an ankle injury. May play against Green Bay on Sunday. But you're starting to see the pattern with him. And they're the worst 3-1 team in the league. But you got to give credit where it's due. You three wins is three wins. I like what this coach, the ball, so far so good. He's clever coaching. Kind of reminds me a little bit of in his coaching style of a Mike Vrabel. Kind of reminds me of a Mike Vrabel, you know. But like I said at the beginning of the season, I said that go about eight and nine because they were in a lot of those games uh, last year, and they simply quit on Joe Judge. Joe Judge was way over his head. We've talked about that before. But Daniel Jones, that's him. He he's just a, he's somewhat of a reckless player. He's always getting himself hurt. He can't throw anybody open. Uh, he has to have a perfect running game. There's so much that has to go right for him. They're definitely going to be in the quarterback market. Uh, but my thing is, they even had cap problems, and he's not—he's still on his rookie quarter uh, uh, contract. So they're going to have to clean up Joe Sheehan, uh, general manager, whose assistant brought over from Buffalo. He's off to a good start right now, but. Now they've had some injuries on their offensive line, I want to say. I want to say Thibodeau got hurt again last week, and I'm not sure how long he's going to play uh, their draft picks from this past year. But my guess is their cap's eventually going to get situated. They're, they're a scrappy team. Things are eventually work out. It's probably not going to be this year or next, but they need have to get a quarterback right, and I don't know how they're going to do it. The good news is, that there is a big, heavy quarterback draft coming up next year. Next year. I'm telling you guys, this guy, Hendon Hooker, looks good out of Tennessee. Uh, I'm going to talk about a guy in a few minutes from Wake Forest. He's got a quick release. I'm not even mentioned Bryce uh, Young. Uh, I'm not so sure about the, uh, the Ohio State quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Uh, just not sure. I know the fact that he played for Ohio State – that kind of is a strike against him. But, hey, it's been a strike against the Alabama quarterbacks too, and now they're starting to look much better. So I don't want to hold that, but uh, Stroud is going to be one of those guys. Uh, the Kentucky quarterback is getting high praise, even though they lost last week. Levis. So you're starting – this could be a four or five deep. You know, these guys may look good. A lot of them look good early, and then they end up busting out. I get it. 
But hey, if you can get two or three, uh, or even two out of one draft, uh, look, uh, Baltimore got Lamar Jackson and, and Buffalo got uh, Josh Allen to help them get to playoff games. You know, I'm not a great, huge uh, Lamar Jackson guy, but he did, he has won 72% of his regular season games. He's doing better at that 50% margin that uh, Flacco had last year or when he was playing. So, Daniel Jones, that's what the Giants are going to be in for. But uh, I think maybe they maybe maybe they have their head coach. Four games in, looks like their head coach makes good halftime adjustments. I didn't see him winning the Carolina game. They won that. I didn't see him. I picked them to lose to the Bears, and they found a way to beat that Bears. Bears got a good defense. Their Bears got a good defense. Uh, they got some playmakers. They need some help on their offensive line. And Leonard Williams was out, and they still beat the Bears. That's their best interior defensive players, Leonard Williams, the Giants. So, you know, it's it's not the end of the world. It, at least they're not a dumpster fire. At least they're not a dumpster fire, you know? So, okay. So those are my news and notes from pretty much the rest of the league. I don't think the Rams are in bad shape. I think that uh, they're still adjusting to their new personnel, their left tackle. Allen Robertson, a lot of people saying the same thing. Uh, now, Allen Robertson was hurt last year. Uh, the Rams got a little – they overpaid for him. They should have not put that money in Robertson. They probably should have tried to get a Taron Armstead at left tackle uh, just to be on the safe side. A much higher graded left tackle than this note boom guy who they have now. Remember, Whitworth retired. That's where I'm starting to see that they made a big mistake right there. I probably wouldn't have put that much into Bobby Wagner nor Allen Robertson. Fix that offensive line. You put some good defensive players up. Everybody plays better around the Aaron Donald defensively. Uh, but I would have probably fixed that. But hindsight's 2020. Uh, I didn't have them going back. They have the hardest schedule in the league. I told you guys that. They're, I did not have them coming back. They had the hardest schedule in the league, and, and I still stand by that, making the Super Bowl. But I think they're going to be terrible. No, they, they, they still have a clean shot at the playoffs. Yeah, of course. And they've probably bounced back. There's a good chance they bounce back and beat Dallas this week. I'm not leaning that way. I'm leaning the other way. So that's my thoughts on the Rams. Real quick take there. Okay, now let's go to the Power Five, all right? Uh, you've heard my takes on just about everybody that was worth something talking about. Let's start with number five. Okay, 49ers. I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, no Trent Williams, no problem. Going back to that Rams game last night, all right? Uh, the the In every category, they're almost at the top of every uh, run defense, pass defense, total defense, uh, yards per play. Uh, Defensively, the 49ers led by – oh, I can't remember that linebacker's name. I wanted to say Bowman, but this is a guy. But anyways, I think it was the guy that got the, the interception. Just about every category, the 49ers have the best defense, I think, eventually. Things are going to get rolling about where they were last year. As far as uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was concerned, and, and as far as the fluidity with Debo Samuel, Ayuk, uh, Kittle, I, I just see them continuing to get better and better every week. So 
it, when you when you're that far up on every defensive standing, and you run the ball like that, and you know you can get it down the field, uh, they need to open it up a little bit more. That's been the big knock on Cal Shanahan. They really should have won that Denver game, but either way, they're two and two. Guess what? Everybody in the NFC West is two and two. They're they're two and two. So. The 49ers, they got them at fifth. Some people say that's a little high, but they got to a slow start last year and they got to the NFC Championship game, guys, last year. So, and quite frankly, this team that Ken Law, uh, I think he was the guy from uh, the South Carolina guy that he got into an issue with the reporter from Sports Illustrated, a young guy, and threatened to like beat him up or something. Well, he's playing great. This is another guy on the defensive line. He's playing really wood for the 49ers, okay? So, what, uh, Warner, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the guy's name, Warner, the, the, the linebacker here. So, anyways, I got them at five, maybe a, a, a little high, but, hey, it is what it is. Green Bay, okay, Green Bay at four. A lot of people probably won't like this either. Uh, they almost lost to the Patriots with a third-string quarterback. i tell you what I did like. I like the fact that David Bakhtiari's got two games under his belt. And I like the fact that Rodgers is getting more and more relaxed in the pocket now. And he's starting to get back to the old Rodgers a few years ago. Uh, this Romeo Dobbs, Fred Warner, that's it, yeah. Fred Warner, uh, some, some sites, and I want to say uh, – the uh, um, Pro Football Focus has him as the best all-around linebacker in the league right now, Fred Warner. Okay, uh, but Green Bay, Dave Bakhtiari's back. Romeo Dobbs, leading receiver for the team, by the way. Well, that's only going to get better. He's a rookie. You know, Alan Lazard, never a number one. And then, of course, you got Watson, the other rookie that they took much higher in the draft. And then Robert Tanya, mind you, He's coming back from an ACL injury. They still got their Aaron uh, Jones one-two punch there. Uh, Rashu Douglas playing really good corner on the other side. And, of course, J uh, Jar Alexander not playing to the par before his injury, but he's still playing pretty well. He's still playing pretty well. They're only going to get better. They're only they're, they're going to beat Minnesota when they play him in Green Bay. Uh, he's going to develop more time with these receivers because he's going to have more time to throw because he's got Jenkins at right tackle back, and he's got two in a row here for Bakhtiari, and I could start to see his confidence build. That offense is only going to get better and better and better. I'm more of take care of that interior. Don't worry about the exterior, okay? Don't worry about the exterior as much as the interior. You may have a few bad games to start the season with the exterior, but as long as you've got that interior, which means the offensive line, Things are going to get better as the season goes along. Now, if you go the other way and you got all these great skill players and you got a subpar offensive line and the quarterback's always having to get rid of the ball super fast or he's super athletic, it's going to catch up with you because he's going to get hit more often than not. See the Bears and um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Fields. Justin Fields, though. So, the line is coming back for them. And, and and I think they're going to take over that division eventually. 
So plus, hey, you know they've been at uh, one seed last year, see year before that. I don't see this team going far, but I could see that they're they're, they're going to get better, and I could see them trending upwards. Okay, so number five, San Francisco. Number four, Green Bay. Number three. This is most people's teams. Number one, uh, Philadelphia. They're tenth in points allowed. They're fourth in points scored. And they're second in yards. Uh, but now, now Hertz is ninth in quarterback rating. Okay. He's ninth. He's having a great year. But you know what? Hertz has only thrown four touchdowns. He's only thrown for four touchdowns in the whole season in four games, one touchdown a game. Not really setting the world on fire. He's tied for 20th in the league. Uh, let's see how he matches up, for instance, this week. I think this is going to be a good test for them. It's a road game. They're going to be playing Arizona. Uh, Kyler Murray. They're playing against uh, another guy who was, by the way, that's a storyline too. Kyler Murray also transferred from Texas A&M, if you guys don't recall. He transferred to Oklahoma playing under Lincoln Riley. Tua beats out Jalen Hurts at, at, um, at Alabama. And Hertz transfers from Alabama to Oklahoma, and he plays for um, Lincoln Riley up at Oklahoma. Now, Kyler Murray, he becomes the number one overall pick. He wins the Heisman. Tua doesn't do as good as a Kyler Murray. He actually falls to the second round. The rest is history. So those two are going to play on Sunday. But, you know, the Eagles, they're undefeated. You know, this is their first true road game. Uh, you say Washington, that's a I watched this thing called All or Nothing on the Eagles. And they take a Amtrak pickles to Washington to play. And then they take it to, to the Giants. They take a train to Washington. You know, they take they take they take a train. So that's nothing. That's like taking an airplane from, from Nashville to Atlanta. Uh, you're on the ground longer than you're in the air. It's like less than 45 minutes. It's a four-hour drive. So that's uh, – you say, well, what about Detroit? Well, Detroit – Detroit probably has the worst defense in the league. Detroit, uh, one of the best offenses in the league, but you can run on Detroit. You can throw on Detroit. They are uh, 29th to 32nd in every defensive category. Okay. Uh, Hutchinson's only one guy, you know. Aiden Hutchinson's only one guy. So Philadelphia three, pretty close on offense and defense. But these next two teams that I'm going to talk about, they today, today, they would be favored against Philadelphia on a neutral field, and that's Buffalo at number two. Uh, Buffalo second in defense, by the way. Uh, fourth in offense, number one in yards, second in points in offense. Uh, Buffalo has a loss, but would have been favored against Philadelphia if the game was held today. Okay. Uh, the Bills, they do lack a running game from their running back. They're about middle tier running team. They do need to the, continue, quote, continue. They, they, they still use Devin Singletary in the flat. 
They run Devin Singletary. He's still proven to be the guy that this team is is, is going to run under. Uh, I do think that he, he's going to be that guy. Zach Moss is kind of falling back. The other running back is calling falling back for him too. I can't remember his name, but they're still using Isaiah McKenzie uh, in in the slot there. I want to say Jay Crowder got a little banged up in that last game because I had him, of course, on fantasy, and he got a little banged up. Uh, still a potent offense, potent cl- uh, passing attack. Probably, and Jim Jeffcoat said this: they probably got the best defense overall in the NFL. Uh, definitely the best pass rush. They've got some cornerbacks that's coming back. By the way, Tredavious White, within the next week or so, uh, he's going to come back and play. That is an all-pro cornerback. Uh, they didn't lose both safeties. They lost Micah Hyde for the year, but they got Poyer's going to be back, by the way. So they're not as in bad shape as I thought. Offensive line is uh, is decent there. It's not great, but it, it is good enough. You know, and this team with their defensive line may be their biggest unit strength-wise of the whole team. Some will say, what about the receiving core? No. Uh, Rossanu, uh, that's the second-year guy out of Miami. We know about Von Miller, uh, Ed Oliver. These guys are pretty good, and they're they're deep. They're like six, seven, eight deep on that defensive pass rush. And, and Traymond Evans made some plays. That linebacker, I forgot about him. He's a pretty a close to a Pro Bowl level type of player as well. And linebacker, they don't really have a lot of blatant weaknesses other than an actual old school running game with the running back. Other than that, this team is potent. They're they're high flying. They've hit a little rough patch here two weeks in a row. Even with all those starters out, they still almost beat Miami. They banged up Tua, you know, and now Miami's in a little disarray there. So they they they're going to be a feared team, probably like I said at the beginning of the season, probably be a, a three to four loss team. They're not going to go undefeated. Never said they would go undefeated. You know they won a close game. You know Colin Coward's always saying they had the Mike Tyson effect, whether they knock you out early, uh, they can't win close games with one score. Well, well, they won a close game. They were down seventeen early and came back and won uh they uh scored 20 unanswered and won 23 to 20. So this team is is, is again they're going to get better cuz he's breaking in some new receivers. They're they're going to be a team that I do think that, that will get better as the season goes along with Ken Dorsey calling this game. I know that he's hearing people like me saying get that running game going. Get that cuz you're going to have the weather's only going to get worse in Buffalo. As you go down the stretch, uh, uh, Josh Allen's going to get paid more money eventually towards the cap. They're going to start losing people. So just pace and space there, you know. They're no, no, my number uh, two team. Uh, number one's Kansas City. They're back on top. Uh, run defense this week. They only allowed three yards rushing to Tampa. And they're 11th in rushing themselves, and they're 7th in passing. Uh that's the that's the most balanced team out there is the Chiefs. Now sometimes they'll lay they'll lay an egg they'll lay an egg on the road. Uh, like the Colts, the Colts are the lowest scoring team in the league, and they went up there and, and beat Kansas City because they had their running game going for one day. They had their running game going. 
And it was a special teams blunder that cost them that game. But if you see the way they played Sunday, that's when they're motivated. That's how they can play when they want to. I talked about this Pisaccio, Isaiah Pacquiao, Pisaccio, this running back from uh, Rutgers there. Uh, not to mention the fact that Clyde edwards Hilaire is fully healthy. Look at that. 11th and rushing. They're running the ball more. They have a good running game versus a no running game for their running backs compared to Buffalo. Buffalo and Kansas City are the two best teams in the league, both conferences, period, period. Uh, uh, I got Kansas City over Buffalo. They've got the they've got the they've got the red zone schemes. Pickle says, "Yeah, they make great they make great adjustments at halftime. Uh, they still are fresh uh, with their schemes in the red zones. I keep thinking that Reed is going to run out of some kind of tricks. Uh, there, there was one play where the ball was hiked directly to the running back, and the running back gives it to another running back, and then the other running back scores." I mean, they just got so many ways they can come at you, you know. And they've had a good draft. Uh, their free agencies turned out well. Juju Smith-Schuster's making big catches. Uh, Valdez Scandalin's getting downfield. Those are two new guys as well. They're only going to get better. They are only going to get better with uh, Andy Reid uh, coaching this team, their defensive coordinator. He stepped his game up there. They can go at one speed. They can go at another speed. They can do a two-minute offense, a four-minute offense, or they can do a 30-second offense like they did last year, even the same, even though they don't have Tyreek Hill. Uh, no Tyreek Hill, no problem if you look, if you ask me. They scored 41 points on Sunday night. That's when they're motivated. They could blow out anybody in the league. So they're my number one team. Again, this is week four, guys. This is the power ranking from week four. Okay. All righty. Um, a couple of things here. Now Tom Brady's going through a divorce. Now, it's – the guy is – is he, he he's the greatest NFL football player of all time. All right? You know, and – the New York Post reported today that they're hiring attorneys for divorce. All right. Uh, she was spotted in the Miami gym, uh, according to TMZ and, and, and New York Post. Uh, pretty good about this stuff. Dirty laundry, like the Don Henley song says. Uh, she's been down there ever since. He said he's going to come back. She's not staying. He's in Tampa. She's in Miami. They didn't even get together. During the um, during the hurricane issue, now they're looking at joint custody and all this stuff, and you know it's just he just cannot let that NFL go, you know. And I'm not a married guy; never been a married. I've almost got married a couple times. One really particular time uh, at around my college years there, around 23. But I haven't. But I will say this, ladies. Uh, I would not ask, don't ask man or woman, anybody to just give up something they love. Uh, that it's really inside of them. And I understand the flip side is, hey, man, the guy's got kids. Uh, they got preteen kids. You know, 
you want to spend time with the kid. And I understand what she's saying there if that's part of it. But if you're just worried about the injuries and everything and what he's already went through, but do you want to see the guy unhappy and lost? That's And, and, and I agree with her. He, he should move on. I think he should have moved on six years ago from the NFL. You know, but it, it it is what it is, and that's what it seems like it is. Now, of course, when something bad happens, you kind of find out who your uh, who your friends are, you know, and who who your friends are not. Antonio Brown posted a picture on his Instagram, yeah, the one that's out of a job, of him hugging Giselle after the Super Bowl and made some snide comment about this, kind of like he's celebrating the fact that that Brady's getting a divorce, you know. And is it typical for Antonio Brown to burn every bridge in his life? Uh, Every person that's ever helped him, a guy who moved him into his house, who who stuck his neck out for a guy who almost got into a fight or threatened to beat up a general manager for the Raiders and Mike Mayock, and then you want to turn around and take a shot at this guy and basically say something flirting with his wife, you know, troll him like that. Also, Antonio Brown was spotted in a, a, a video of him uh, tacky human being. There's a video of him uh, showing his rear end to a woman in Dubai in a swimming pool. And the woman swimmed away, and I'm thinking to myself, man, you keep breaking laws up in that place, and you might not ever get out of there up in the Middle East in Dubai. They don't play around over there. Uh, he's a guy I don't think it's going to end well for him in his life, and I don't think it. there's a, there's a, there's a real possibility for Tom Brady in football it don't end well for him because he plays too long. That's what I think about that. So Shannon Sharp off of Undisputed, he had something to say about that little stunt and comment that uh, former, um, you know, former Baltimore Raven and, uh, excuse me, former Baltimore, former Baltimore Raven and, uh, of course, hold on. I'm going to. Yeah, uh, he made some comment about it, and I can't remember what it was. I'm on my bleep or something like that. Like, come holler at me, Giselle, uh, something like that. He, 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 he. I mean, he, Tony O'Brown said something that could get him punched in the mouth or even worse. I'll, I'll put it that way. I'll put it lightly. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. So this is uh, Shannon Sharp on Tony O'Brown getting out of line about the Tom Brady stuff. Nobody's going to waste their time. And, 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 and last night took the cake for me. I'm done. Everybody should be done. After he posted Tom Brady's wife and posted and said what he said, that man took your ass in. That man revived your career. Nobody was going to give you a chance. And you take a shot at this man's wife. You do that, A.B.? I brought you at home. Because every last one, because every time someone try to correct A.B., all y'all do is like, hey, let that man live. Let that man do this. Let that man do this. Under the NFL, nobody's going to waste 
time. And, 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 and last night took the cake for me. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. And he's not going to get a job anyways. I mean, he this, he's one of those people, Brown has burned every bridge that he's ever had. And it's probably going to be a sad ending for that guy. Uh, going back to the Brady divorce, what would I do? Uh, I'm You're in Tampa. And last I checked, Tony Dungy, he played in the league for a little while. He was a cornerback for uh, the Steelers back in the day, back in the 70s. Now, he's coached in this league for over 35, 40 years. Uh, spiritual guy, really, really respected around the league. Uh, I would consult with a guy like him. I w- if I'm Brady, uh, I would consult with the Tony Dungy about this situation and 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 see what I can get done. You know, uh, seems like a guy who's a little bit lost, knows to have that void uh, with the NFL. I don't, I didn't see anything like infidelity, anything like that. But for the record, uh, she's worth more than he is. I looked this up online, and and I want to say this is through Forbes. She's worth like four hundred million. He's worth like two fifty. So this whole that he's going to be broke and all that, well, she's actually worth more than he is. She's a Brazilian supermodel. And, you know, they've been married for quite a while. They've been I think it's his second marriage. But I don't know. Then again, I know he's got a, a child by another woman. I don't know if they married or not. But I will say this. Like I said, I would talk to a guy like Tony Dungy. As far as his play is concerned, uh, yeah, yeah, Sharp cut him no slack. Uh, what Pickle says, uh, Sharp hit it, Sharp hit it, hit him up. Bravo, yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, it, they live in Florida. I think he's gonna be fine. I think she's gonna be fine. Uh, as far as his play is concerned, I think his play will be fine. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be a sanctuary. He'll probably play better. Matter of fact, he may play another year or two now. To help him get over this divorce. Now, I wouldn't do that, but this I'm looking at the the kind of person that he is from everything I've said and everything I've read over the years about Tom Brady. That's what I see happening with Tom Brady. So is he going to be fine? Yes. Play-wise, you know, we talked about this before with Kobe Bryant. With stuff in Eagle, Colorado, I thought it was going to affect his game. The best basketball of his career in 2003 and 2004. He departmentalized that stuff, and he focused like a laser brain. And Brady's stats are really good. They're still really good. You know, they're breaking in some new receivers. They're getting back healthy again. They've had four offensive linemen. That's a big deal. That's what people's not talking about. Four new offensive linemen they're breaking in. Uh, they could. They only got three yards rushing last week. Even Tom Brady, three yards rushing. Uh, there's only so much you can do. You need balance in this league. So they're still working on that. And he may play another year or two. Now he may take one hit too many. But uh, that that is a that is a real possibility there, folks. Okay. Uh, a few quick college notes here. Uh, I haven't seen this many firings early in the season in the college game. And I noticed that Paul Chris from Wisconsin got fired. Now, and I knew Scott Frost was on the hot seat. This guy from Auburn, I see him getting fired any moment now. They they blew a league to, to LSU. I see him getting fired at any moment. 
uh, Herman Edwards was fired. Okay. And of course, the coach we talked about last week uh, with Deion Sanders, the coach from Georgia Tech was fired. That's a lot of firings for the month. We're just now the first of October. These guys are trying to get on top of things. Paul Chris is $11 million buyout, by the way. Wisconsin was serious about moving on. You know, I mean, they're getting blown out by uh, – they, they got beat by Illinois. Uh, they were blown out really bad and embarrassed by Ohio State. Uh, they're just not – they weren't living up the par the last two years. When you bring in a new coach, it's always the second and third year when you really start to see if he's good or not. And quite frankly – Quite frankly, you need both. You need recruiting and coaching. I understand everybody can't recruit in number one. There's only one number one class, and I get that. But you can't poo-poo one or the other. You need a nice little balance of both, and you don't want to keep your guys in-house as much as possible, your transfers, and you, you want to keep that down, and you want to utilize the transfer portal as much as possible. Now, you can't lean on the transfer portal. You look at this Mel Tucker. He got a huge extension, Pickles, with uh, Michigan State last year. And, man, they are getting destroyed this year. One year later, after he signed the first year, great year, Mel Tucker, money. And then this year, they look bad. They look real. That's a huge, huge fall off for Michigan State just one year. Don't be surprised if, if, if maybe the team didn't act too soon on him and, uh, and, and lose out. It happened with with um, with the former uh, 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 New England Patriot coach when he went to co-coach Notre Dame, Charlie Weiss. First year, he takes these other players. They play well. They win like ten games, and then his they give him the big ten-year, big money contract, and then they go down, down, down. They fired him like two or three years later. Unbelievable. But you know. That's my observation. That it's really unprecedented. You have to watch uh, how well do they recruit, how well do they coach. Don't lean too much into one or the other. And uh, sometimes you have to have realistic expectations depend on what the coach is coming into, right? And uh, another observation is this, uh, the Alabama, they're very deep. No breaking news there. I mean, Bryce Young goes down shoulder injury, you know, and I, and I, I thought, man, I think maybe uh, Arkansas is going to make this a game. Arkansas goes on a run. They put in this guy, Jalen Moreau. He runs for 91 yards and a touchdown. That's the quarterback. And then this Jamar Gibbs guy has two big runs for over 200 yards total. Then they come out. I mean, just depth for days. It's hard to be up week in and week out. So they deserve to be number one. They deserve to be number one. They're playing Texas A&M this week. Uh, they're going to beat Texas A&M uh, this week. Their leading receiver for A&M's out. A&M lost last week to Miss Mississippi State. This game will be played in Tuscaloosa. I haven't even looked at the point spread on that game yet because I know it'll fluctuate. But I, I bet they're probably a 15 to 17 point favorite. And if whatever Saban can do to beat Jimbo Fisher, he's going to. He's going to try to beat him, run it up as much as he can, if he can, because they have a deep, deep bench as well. But a lot of their players are extremely young, 
All those five-star players are extremely young there. Yeah. Uh, Pickle says, Bama by 25. Uh, Saban switched right to a running game. Yeah. Yeah, he went right to the running game, and that was a problem with Arkansas. I thought Arkansas would keep it much closer. They didn't. And I think it was because Arkansas come off that big game the week before against AM where they lost a heartbreaker and then, you know, they lose. Another team that came off a big game. Okay. This, um, who was it? I want to say, uh, what, uh, let me see here. Sam Hartman, keep that name in mind with Wake Forest. Okay. Wake Forest. Wake Forest two weeks ago put 45 points on Clemson and that Clemson defense with four or five NFL guys if they got anybody on their defense. One of them I know is a first-round pick because I, uh, I, I was reading through some uh, uh, mock drafts and, and his name come up. Clemson, they got all Americans everywhere. This guy put 45 points on Clemson. 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. His name is Sam Hartman, plays for um, this this guy up here in uh, Wake Forest here. And I'm trying to figure out that coach's name here. And uh, uh, I, I think his name is Clawson or something like that. Either way, he used to be the offensive coordinator for U- University of Tennessee. And so they so then they, they played this big emotional game, six touchdowns against that great Clemson defense. Then they go on the road to Florida State and put on uh, put 31 on Florida State. And Florida State's having off to undefeated season. Remember, they beat LSU earlier this year. They came back and beat Louisville. And I was for sure, after that big game against Clemson, that they would be flat as a board. And, man, this guy looked unstoppable. Quick release. You know, and he's eligible for the uh, to come out this year, come out next year. Now, like I already mentioned, guys like him, Hendon Hooker, Bryce Young, uh, the Levis, the the Kentucky quarterback, who they've had offensive line issues. Issues. Uh, Lane Kiffin has done a good job putting together a good staff and and recruiting well down there. That was a big win for them beating Kentucky. That guy though could be the number one overall pick. Uh, Levis, the quarterback. For Kentucky, so we're just now we're not even talking about the small school guys. There's always one or two small school quarterbacks. So uh, your Giant fans, your even though Geno Smith is having a good month, let's not get crazy. Seattle Seahawks fans, possibly Atlanta fans. Uh, Davis Mills has had a, a bad couple of weeks. Maybe Houston's still in the line for a quarterback. Uh, you just never know. It looks like the Colts are going to be in line for a quarterback. Uh, quarterback's going to be out there. They're going to be out there. It's just who, how to, whoever they get set up. But, uh, yeah, this guy, I was really surprised because I took FSU to win that game because they went they went overtime against Clemson. I couldn't – FSU looked totally discombobulated. They were home, and this guy is just cutting – through that defense like a hot knife through butter, and there's just nothing FSU looked like they could do. Okay? But uh, the Colts in line for quarterback, yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. They got the lowest scoring offense in the league. 14 points average. And and they've already been shut out. I think they're the only team that's been shut out this year. And I thought maybe Atlanta would get shut out, but that's not true. Atlanta's got some young talent there. So if you guys like the show, share the show. I will be back on tomorrow. I'll have uh, John Mac McGroff. He goes by Mac. John McGroff is his email. Uh, going to talk about the Giants. I'm going to ask him his thoughts on the Giants. I'm going to ask him some Aaron Judge questions. And I'm going to ask what was his thought of starting Northeast Streaming Sports and how he's doing. Uh, that's going to be real good. And then Thursday, we'll have Jack Hershon. Uh, go through my list of questions with him. And then Friday, we'll have Mad New Yorker on. Break down next week's games. Big games. Tennessee playing LSU in college. Uh, Arizona playing Philadelphia in NFL. That's just a few. One big college, one big NFL game, just to name a few folks. So anyways, I will see you tomorrow here, same place, same time, 7 p.m. Central Time here on Sports Scope. Thank you, Pickles.